Well, hello, 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 and welcome back. Last week, you guys had a special video or a special episode where we answered some of your questions, and we had lots of fun doing that, but we're going to get back now to our regularly scheduled programming and get to talk about some interesting news, talk about the NHL as a whole. We're going to dive into each individual division, and I'm going to ask Grace and Alessia a question at the end. The Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. So let's get right into this news and we're going to start off with some pretty recent, not so surprising news personally. So the Calgary Flames fired head coach Jeff Ward. And whenever I see the spelling of Jeff, this way I always want to say Geoff. Former Flames head coach Daryl Suter will be taking over. And the Flames have been on a downward spiral this season. They haven't really been playing that great. They rank fifth in the North Division, but that's it's pretty tight because I'm pretty sure Vancouver is in sixth, but they're only one point behind. So, you know, it doesn't really say much to them being fifth. And they are 21st overall not so surprising because like I said before the Flames really haven't been performing that well have they not really I think honestly from what I've seen Flames fans say on social media platforms like Twitter and friends that are Flames fans um it was kind of overdue I don't know if you guys saw there was a video of Johnny Goudreau just like emotionless on the bench and that kind of just said everything about the team right now so I think the coaching change was good Yeah, I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, I can't remember if it was me or one of you guys that spoke that I think we kind of had high hopes, not not high hopes, but I think we had somewhat of an expectation of of Calgary um, because I feel like a lot of people know them to be a pretty good team and they play a pretty good game. And so seeing them like this is kind of surprising, but hopefully this coaching change you know allows them to move on and hopefully hopefully make a case for themselves and and not be so behind the rest of the pack we're gonna move on back to the NWHL so a couple weeks ago as you guys all know they had to uh, suspend the season and we didn't really know when they were going to come back but today it was announced that they will be returning on March 26th and they will be playing in Boston So they'll finish the remainder of the season there and the two semifinals will be played on the 26th and then the final, so the Isabel Cup final will be played on the following day. No fans will be allowed within the arena and NBCSN is still set to broadcast all three games, which is still great news. I think think when we were talking about this last time, we were all kind of, you know, left wondering as to like why or how things could have gotten so bad and um, now we kind of know because apparently some of the the players would go out and about and tour the town you know around and I guess kind of do sightseeing and you know not really stay in that bubble environment that they had created and also like I think Grace mentioned a couple times that they would allow players to come in in short notice and they wouldn't give them enough time to quarantine so they would have no choice but to use that player because they were short players and also 
teams were sharing the same training personnel. And so there was a lot of mixing in between groups. And so at that point, you have to say, well, of course, that happened. And of course, they couldn't contain it. But Grace is going to give us a little bit more information about the semifinals and the finals because she's our NWHL insider. God, I don't even know if I am. Can I just pull up the audio clip from the last time I talked about the NWHL? Boston and Minnesota will play each other, and then Buffalo and the Six will play in the final. So it'll be Boston, Minnesota in the semifinal. The only reason why things started to go downhill for these teams was because of COVID outbreaks. And it's going to be some really great hockey, just like it was to watch in the first part of the tournament, where there was lots of blowouts, but also lots of hard-fought periods of hockey. So definitely stay tuned for that. And that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I kind of can't wait to see the adjustments they're all going to make to their team. Because I know that some of the players were only playing because they lost some to injuries or because they had to leave the tournament unexpectedly. So I think there's going to be a few different looking teams going on in the finals, um, but it will definitely be something fun to watch. Stay tuned for those games and then we'll definitely give you our inside take on the final the following week and then stay tuned for that episode as well. But yes, it's also been a rough week or a rough couple of days for Mr. Tom Wilson. Um, So the Washington Capitals forward was suspended for seven games after hitting Boston Bruins defenseman Brandon Carlo in the head. Carlo was taken to the hospital but has since been released. And the Bruins have said that he will be out for, quote, air quotes, a while. Wilson gives up $311,781.61 of his salary under the terms of the collective bargaining agreement and it's based on his average annual salary so that's why he's forced to forfeit since he has such a big suspension and this is his fifth suspension in five years so the first four were within like a two-year period and they were like each I think three four games or more uh, suspension and this is his second biggest one his biggest one was on October 3rd 2018 which is 20 regular season games which was then reduced to 14 on an NHLPA appeal to an arbitrator for an illegal check to the head of Oscar Sundquist of the Blues in a personal, not personal, preseason game. But, and then this is all on ESPN. You guys know how much I love ESPN. Tom Wilson hit Carlos' head with his shoulder and his hands. It wasn't just like an accidental illegal check. Carlos wasn't bent down. And Carlos tall. He's a tall guy. So the fact that Um, he hit his head with his shoulder and hands against the glass there was definitely intent there and players don't need to check guys that high and that was my thing because Ovechkin said and this is a quote yeah the player got hurt it sucks but I think when you play hockey you have to be ready for that and you have to know who's on the ice end quote I think that's ignorant when you play hockey you have to have some sort of self-control and self-awareness of where your body is and where the other person's body is (laughs) Like, how are you going to hit a tall guy with your hands into the glass? And then something I found interesting from sportingnews.com, they had this in one of their articles, was as of March 6th, Tom Wilson has 1,052 penalty minutes, more than any other player since he joined the league, and that's only in the regular season. That doesn't include um, preseason or postseason games. Yeah, there was def- if you look at the hit, there was definitely like intent to injure. And a lot of coaches and players like or teammates will say, well, you know, hockey is a very fast 
like pace game things are gonna happen like this but you look at the replay like grace mentioned this was like he used his arm his shoulder to hit carlo like there was intent to injure there like you can't say there wasn't and now going forward because this is a significant suspension he's going to be looked at as possibly a repeat offender i mean there are players in the league that we all know that like to play I'm not going to say a dirtier game because that doesn't sound very nice, but realistically, that's what it is. And it's, it's a little bit rougher and not rougher in the sense that these guys can't take it. It's just rougher in the sense that you shouldn't be playing that way. And I think we can all agree that Tom Wilson has been in that category for a very long time. And there's a lot um of reasonable explanations as to why a lot of players do not like to play against him or with him or whatever because it's just not it's not sportsmanship like conduct right and another quote that I was reading which was from Peter Laviolette which is the Capitals head coach it was also on ESPN and he said if this is a suspendable play then all hitting is probably going to have to be removed which is I think that's even a far worse comment than 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 any other comment made on this situation. Like, how can you I know I know there's like that player coach, you know, relationship where you kind of have to defend your players and so on. But at the same time, there are certain coaches who at times call out their players who will, you know, say what is right. And to say such a blatant statement that is obviously you know, a complete, you know, falsehood or just something just so ridiculous that he would even say that. Not only does it downplay the severity of the situation by a ton because he's the head coach of the team and he's the head coach of this player, it makes it seem as though, you know, let's just make all of our players hit guys like this and make all of them, you know, go to the hospital just for like, for fun. Just because we want to play, you know, what people think is normal or, you know, traditional hockey. I also think, like you said, there's a there's a class of dirtier players. And like if anybody's at the top of it, it's Tom Wilson. But that's also the sad part about how he plays is that when he tries to get on people's nerves and be a rough player, he's good at it. But he always, not always, but many times takes it that step too far. And so for laviolette not to acknowledge that like it's you can it's obvious it's one of the most obvious things in the league like so for him to just pour it down like that doesn't make any sense to me especially since the caps are a respected organization like they're one of those legendary u.s teams like it's i I think that they need to take better responsibility for their players and for me like this hit it kind of brings up the point the department of player safety needs to be like more consistent in the way they give suspensions because some people are like this deserved way more games this deserved way less games and like for me I watch the Habs obviously you all Armia gets concussed that's a huge hit head like what happened there really nothing like there's been suspensions this season past seasons that like I look to the department I'm like you need to be consistent in the way you're calling these hits and the way you're giving out suspensions like that's just me like that's what this hit kind of brought up in my head a seven game suspension is nice in the sense that you know it's a proper suspension it takes away from the team it takes away from the player 
and you're properly punishing both sides, whether they are guilty or not, but in most cases they are. And of course, you can see that in this case, it's a substantial, substantial amount of money that's been taken out of his salary. But like Alessia said, this should have been a way more games. If you look at the greater context of the situation, Carlo going to the hospital and him now being out for a while, you know, that's a, a massive asset that the Bruins are losing because they rely heavily on their defensemen. We all know that they play a really great defensive game. And so, I don't know, it's... Like Alessia said, you know, who, who's the head? George Peros, right? He has to, yeah. he needs to find a way to stop, you know, I feel like sometimes he only does it because people are calling or asking for it. And then other times he, he, he picks and chooses his moments. And yeah. we all know that Peros was also one of those guys in his career where he was yeah. an instigator and he liked to cause problems. It's not to even play devil's advocate it is just to bring this point to the table um it is a condensed season so I do think that if they had 30 more games on the season you probably would have had a few more games added to the suspension uh which is something that I I had to look at because at first I was like seven games that's nothing and then I was like well there's only 56 games in a season and the Caps have already missed some and probably won't be able to make them up I would hope that that would be the case because we can only be like oh it's because you know they have less games like but like I would only hope that that would be the case that in reality if it was a full-on season that they would actually give the right amount of suspension but you know we know what suspensions have been like and it it really hasn't been the case Mm -hmm. even when things like this have been done even lesser things or greater things have been done than this and it's still like only what three or four games and then boom they're back on the ice yeah, I think if it was a full season, probably would have been like 10 games, like Grace was saying. But like we mentioned, like I think just the department as a whole, when they go and analyze these type of hits, they need to be more consistent because I think we've seen similar hits to this and maybe they're not from repeat offenders, but they haven't been punished in the way that some people thought they should have been. And it kind of like bugs me because yeah. I've seen hits even like with the Canadians and other teams too, like not even just the team I watch. And I'm like, how is that not as suspendable? Like how, like what goes into like the process of suspending a player? Because yeah, sometimes think, it just does not make sense. I think by, you know, including into the conversation, whether or not they were a repeat offender is completely, it's pointless. There's no point in you Um, to do it when it comes to the case of looking at a player who's probably done it the first time or maybe a few times but in this case with Tom Wilson you have to see that he's done it a lot of times so it makes sense that you have to punish him even more but when it comes to the cases where the player has done it for the first time you should all punish them equally you know there's no other way to do it why would you punish one guy for like five games if that was the first time he did it and punish another guy or with just a fine for the first time he did that hit and I know you also have to look at the context of like what kind of hit it was but if it was big enough to cause such a stir and to cause the player you know pain or put them in a dangerous situation then there shouldn't be that conversation of well, who's this player? What's his integrity like? You know, what's the value he has for, like, what, what value does he offer to the team? Stuff like this. I don't know. I, it, it's Sometimes it's just silly the way that things are kind of handled when it comes to player safety. And we, we know, everybody knows the NHL is one of the worst leagues for player safety. 
uh, because they don't they often don't do anything and even the refs in this game said there was nothing wrong with the hit it's so odd that usually when they go back and they review these hits there's not even a penalty on the play how 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 does that happen if we could go through the inconsistency of this league in terms of calls on the ice goalie interference suspensions we'd be here like all day let's make a spreadsheet we should be the new directors of player safety over yeah there. can you imagine <laughs> It'd be like three suspensions a game and be like that looked like it hurt <laughs> <laughs> you're banned for 15 but yes i i had to include this one as you guys know the past couple of weeks there hasn't been a lot of news in the league and we've kind of just been kind of you know you know grasping at straws here to give you the best news possible and this past week literally everything happened and but i think this was the most significant in terms of it's tom wilson suspension you know it, it's always going to bring up a some discussion and it's always something that you know that has to be kind of mentioned over and over again until they realize the way they're doing things is not really the most efficient or the most I guess you could say ethical in this kind of sense we're gonna completely flip the switch here we're gonna do something maybe a little bit lighthearted. we'll still give our you know Happy our times our opinions <laughs> on this but we're going to do something that we haven't done before, or maybe we haven't done in a while, or something we haven't done super in depth of, but we're going to talk about each division in the league, which I'm kind of excited about, even though it kind of scares me talking about each, each division, but we're going to start off with the West. Sorry, and I need to correct you. It's it's the Honda West division. Oh, I'm so sorry. Don't, don't forget the sponsorships. But yeah, so I think it was maybe two weeks ago, we were talking about how we weren't really too concerned with the West because they were kind of doing their own thing. And um, it wasn't that tight of a race compared to other, other divisions, but it kind of seems as though it's kind of a tight race nowadays when it comes to, I mean, even from first to third, it's not too big of a gap, but it's still pretty close. But if you look at from third to sixth, that's only a three point gap. And if you look from first to second, it's only a two-point gap. So things are getting pretty tight in the West. Yeah, the West has been pretty good. I mean, the Golden Knights have been really good. They're currently in first, and then behind them is St. Louis, then Colorado. I mean, I'm. you guys know I kind of have a soft spot for Colorado, so I'm expecting <laughs> them to make a push as the season goes on. Um, because they were my favorites to kind of win this division. And then uh, one player from the Minnesota Wild, I actually kind of went off the board when you guys asked me who I would expect to win the Calder this year, but Kirill Kaprasov has just been mm -hmm. insanely good. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen the highlights. His skating ability has been incredible. So that's that's a really good player for the Minnesota Wild for me yeah I feel like the team that kind of has surprised me in terms of how close they are um in terms of standings are the LA Kings I think we spoke about them at the beginning of the season and, and said that they you know we really didn't expect much from them and we kind of expected them to kind of you know be at the level that they've been at the past couple of years which is not good they've been at the bottom of the table for quite a while now <laughs> But to see that now they're fifth place with 25 points, but that's only two points behind the Wild, who are in fourth, and only three points behind the Avalanche, who are in third, that's a pretty good position for them to be in. And I, I'm not going to lie and say I know how many games all of these teams have left, but still, 
it's still a good position for them to be in. And it's probably the team out of this division who surprised me the most. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely coming up on halfway through the season in a couple games. Um, and like Alessia said, Minnesota has been kind of crazy, like surprisingly crazy in the sense that they had five guys out for injury and who have just returned like this past weekend. And then Marco Rossi is out until June at least. So yeah, there's um, they've been like pushing through that adversity. What a terrible <laughs> word to use in this context, but whatever. Um, but it's very predictable for me because Vegas and St. Louis in first and second, it was going to be interchangeable, but that didn't surprise me at all. Mostly because Vegas hasn't had a bad season since they joined the league and St. Louis are recent cup champions. Uh, Colorado, I think Colorado was kind of everybody's favorite in the, in the deep yeah. dark depths of their heart to start this season. They were all like, Colorado, let's go. Um, and yeah, those bottom four, I think they're honestly kind of interchangeable. Like it doesn't surprise me that LA's up at the top or anything because I, they don't have a lot. It's not that they don't have a lot going for them, but they're in that league. They're very much bottom of the tank. Yeah. And I think we expected that because we said at the start of the season, they're kind of in kind of like a, a rebuild mode. They're looking at more younger players to take on bigger roles. So, I mean, it's surprising that they're close to fourth place, but it's also not surprising that they're in the bottom four of that division. It's a funny thing for them right now because it's like, like you guys put it so well, it's not surprising that they're at the bottom, but it's also surprising that they could be near the top which is a funny situation to kind of be in. It's a weird, I guess, middle ground, but we'll have to see how that plays out, especially, you know, you know, with these next crucial weeks. And I mean, there's still a lot of games to be played, but the West at the beginning wasn't a division that we were keeping a close eye on. And to be honest with you, it's probably one of the divisions I am. Well, I'm sure Grace is keeping an eye on that. So. Yeah, well, yeah, Grace. And it's golden night. Because yeah. of Flurry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we're going to move on to the opposite of West. It is East. Yeah, I like how you sorted that out. That was clever. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I've been practicing. And so now we're going to talk about the East, which is probably, you know, another kind of close division. I feel like this one you can probably sort out for yourselves in like, you know, who's going to be at the top and who's going to make it through the playoffs. I don't think you really, like, there are too many concerns as to how this division is going to end off. But I think one thing we have to, you know, properly talk about are the Buffalo Sabres. I will say that I think this league or this division might be the most fun. Mm -hmm. Not the most fun. Yeah. The most newsworthy. They've definitely had either a lot of controversy or a lot of highlights going on. Uh, like the other day, Evgeny Malkin had, and I had to bring this up first because he scored a wraparound goal. Ooh, and, and that was important to bring up on this show. Yeah, and if you guys, if you guys don't know, me and the girls, we we laugh at this because whenever we hear someone say the wraparound or like a wraparound on any hockey broadcast we're just kind of like hey <laughs> we're like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's like pointing to the TV it's like that's us um yeah he had a really great wraparound goal definitely go check out that highlight if you can uh because he just skated right past Sean Lawton 
and behind the net and snuck that puck in against the Flyers. Like, it was like nobody even tried to stop him. He got the pass from Crosby and he just went with it. And it was a really nice goal. So definitely go check out the highlights of that. And also Sean Lawton and I are birthday twins. I found that out about an hour ago. I love his that name. important to me. I love saying his name. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, I'm big with names. No, I was going to say another goal that you guys should definitely go check out was Matt Barzell. This was all over the place this past weekend. He uses his speed to get past Ristolainen and puts it through his legs. I don't know how many times I've watched this goal. It's just insane. He made Ristolainen look absolutely silly on this goal. Sad to say, but Matt Which Barzell is, hard is to do. quite the player. <laughs> Oh, it's really hard to do. Like I watched, I watched the highlight and I was like, how did he do that? How? It's amazing. Yeah. The Islanders alone have been crazy. They've won what? Their past five? Yeah. Like they've, right, they've been yeah. insane. Right now that I'm looking at the standings, I didn't realize that the Islanders were actually first in the East. Mm-hmm. So it took me a little off guard, but at the same time, not because I know that the Islanders are a good team. It's a fun, a fun division. I think we all knew that this was going to be a fun division. When you have the Islanders, the Capitals, the Penguins, the Bruins, the Flyers, even the Rangers in there. They're just like iconic American hockey yeah, teams. Like, yeah, like, come on. And then when everybody knew that they were going to get like a bunch of Washington-Pittsburgh games. And even Philly and Pittsburgh games, like those get really heated right now. Yeah. Pittsburgh sits in fourth, Philadelphia in fifth. And, and then add in that, Boston. And it's close. And that add too, Boston yeah. in that mix. That's a lot of hard-fought games. But yes, let's flip that switch and talk about the Sabres because what the heck is going on in Buffalo <laughs> listen this hurts me I have to accept my my deep bias for this right now uh, because they have Colin Miller on their team and he's one of my favorite uh, Sue Greyhounds of all time so yeah. I have to like just preface this with the fact that the fact that they're in last makes me very sad last in the division <laughs> last in the whole league I am aware with 15 points, Detroit is ahead of them with 17. Oh, two whole points. But still, I remember Detroit, how Detroit has been the bottom of this league for so long. And let's just point out that Detroit has three games in hand. I don't know. It's it's a weird situation. I mean, I feel like in the past seasons, Buffalo has been good. Um, like not like really spectacular they're not horrible but they've been playing you know well enough that you don't need to worry about them yeah it's like I'm in the conversation no one's really paying attention to them but like it's okay you know the whole situation with Jeff Skinner and like Eichel and now you know let's not forget Taylor Hall (laughs) yes our favorite (laughs) who wanted to go to a contending team it's just a weird a weird place for them to be you know I I don't know what's going on over there coaching wise and maybe morale wise there definitely has to be you know some sort of reason that their reason their season is not going well like it can't only be because they're not playing well because the only reason why someone doesn't play well is because it's connected to you know some outside factors it is uh, kind of interesting, though, now that I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the stats on Sportsnet. Um, Rain or Islanders have won their past five. Buffalo's lost their past five. And then their goals for and goals against are, like, the same, but switched around. Switched around. So Buffalo has 75 goals against and 52 goals for. And then the Islanders have 56 goals against and 73 goals for. Wow. So they're they're literally the exact opposite right now. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I think the past three games for both teams were against each other. 
and they both ended in the final well all three games ended in the same final score of 5-2 oh that's kind of freaky i don't know yeah i saw that somewhere and that's really freaky they don't have like they have five players out for injuries what is with five does this only show me five linus allmark will borgen matt hunwick Matt Hunwick is a name that I have not said in like three years. Zemgis Gergensons? Did I say that right? Maybe. I don't know. I can't look at the name. Jake McCabe. So three defense, a goalie, and a center. Nothing substantial. Still, I mean, maybe I for mean, Buffalo, but. I'm like looking at the roster right now, and on centers, they have Dylan Cousins, who, you know, is obviously young. You have Cody Eakin. Jack Eichel, Curtis Lazar, Casey Middlestat, uh, Eric Stahl. And so you have, you know, the makings of a good team. You know, in defense, they have Rasmus Dahlin. They have, um, well, so they have Rasmus Ristolainen. The wings, you have Hall and Skinner, but Skinner has been playing. Um, on the other wings, think- you have Oposo, you have Reinhardt, Olofsson. Colin Miller. I was gonna say, like, they have a good enough team to be kind of like a competitor. Like, I'm not saying like top three in the division. Yeah, like, but not last in like in the league in the division. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, you just listed all these players: Eichel, Skinner, Oposo. Like, it's just really hard to understand. I like how we're all so upset about this. (laughs) Like it's the look on strange. all of our faces. We're all like, we're very invested I, in Buffalo's well-being all of a sudden. I texted Marjorie before we recorded. I'm like, this team might become the next Detroit Red Wings of this podcast Stop. because Stop there's it. so much we're going to say to be like, hey, this is what you have to fix. But like at the yeah. same time, this is, it looks like on paper, it looks like somewhat of a better roster than the Red Wings. And it's just like, nothing's clicking. Yeah. There's got to be something going on there. Like Marjorie said, it's got to be coaching locker room yeah it has has to be be coaching maybe personalities don't mix well on the team maybe there's some players who have maybe a bigger ego well that's the thing they're all like good players but yeah they're all like good players who came from being almost the star of their respective markets right yeah Yeah. so like those that must be a bit of a clash to get used to no i was just gonna say it's a condensed season so something has to change and it has to change quick if buffalo wants to improve like in the next three games yeah like something needs to change and i think their gm even came out and said i don't know if this is correct i'm pretty sure he came out and said like the play is just unacceptable yeah i mean it's hard to think that maybe it's just me but whenever i think of players um and ego i don't really think of the nhl i mainly think of the nba because we all know the nba you know, they have big personalities and we always hear of, of teammates, you know, fighting or, you know, not getting along, whatever. But in NHL, you don't really hear a lot of outspoken kind of discussion or, you know, big news where you're like, these two players on the same team have a rivalry or this and this can't play well together. I think the NHL is good at hiding that. Yes. Yeah. That's like the royal family. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was going to say, like, there have been scenarios like that, but it's only, like, when a player comes out and says this thing, when they've retired or they've been traded yes. or something like that. It's not, like, in the moment, like, hey, this is what's going on. I don't know. Buffalo has to sort their life out right now because things are not looking great and they're not, they're not looking like they're going to get any better anytime soon. So, everybody, say um, 
say a little prayer for Buffalo. <laughs> the Central Division next, which is, I think, which it was the, the division that we were all the most excited about in terms of we were like, whoa, like Florida was first. And then like now, you know, Carolina was like doing its thing. And now it kind of looks like things have died down a bit. Yeah, it's gotten a of, bit more bland. She's gotten yeah, a bit and, more cornflakes, you know? Although the top three is still pretty tight. Yes, it's very tight. So Tampa is first with 36, the Carolinas with 35, and Florida is with 34. So those can move, you know, whenever they please, pretty much. Yeah, I think we've definitely spent time talking about how Florida surprised us. Um, Tampa is obvious at the top um, because Stanley Cup champions. Why wouldn't you expect that? Mm -hmm. And then we have Chicago here who – we also always talk about Chicago and how they haven't really been playing, um, you know, in the best in the last few seasons, but this season they've really kind of found their, their footing and they've been playing a pretty, pretty good game. And they're, and they're, I mean, they're three points behind Florida, but that's closer than the rest of the teams from the bottom four. Exactly. And like we mentioned, I believe last episode, Dallas, has the least amount of games played with 20 and that's a pretty good team like they have a lot of depth and we saw that last year so we also have to look out for that as well yes very good point and, and the loves well, of our lives the Detroit Red Wings yes I mean we've spoken about the central division a bunch so we're not going to stay too much on that everybody knows how we feel about the Detroit Red Wings we love them because we want them to get better <laughs> To put it simply. I do think that gap is pretty crazy, though, that, like, between Chicago and Columbus, there's six points, but then the top is so tight. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a very weird, weird mix. It's also because, like Alessio was saying, this division had a bunch of postponements, and there was just, Mm -hmm. like, so much chaos, but I'm actually excited to see Chicago up there, and I want to see if they can get even closer and make it even tighter i don't think like in recent memory they haven't been that close no they haven't no No, not at all definitely not we're gonna end off here they go (laughs) with the lovely north division the scotia north division marjorie don't forget that gosh and yes we're gonna talk about our beautiful north division which is housed in our beautiful country of canada (laughs) and um come on we all know the leafs are first the leafs have 38 points and the jets second with 31 that's cool (laughs) and then so basically from first to second there's that really massive gap which is very different compared to the other three divisions central there's one point behind between them east two west two and then you look at the north and there's seven so it's a very different group when you compare them to the other three but then if you look at second third even fourth with the canadians it's a little bit tighter you can you know moving up up and down as you please but then you go below you look at calgary you look at vancouver you look at ottawa i don't know i don't feel like did you know that the flames canucks and the senators they all have negative goal differentials do they actually yeah yeah it's a no one. And then to think that the Leafs lost two straight against oh, Vancouver. You didn't have to bring that up. 
but she did. I'm, I'm still angry about it. I'm still very angry about it. Like you can win three games against Edmonton, but you can't win two against Vancouver. That's all I'm going to say. So, um, it's just, okay. I mean, even Edmonton has kind of been a bit disappointing. Yes. But this is one thing to keep your eye out for. They're putting McDavid and Drysaddle back on the same line. Whoa, big news. So that's something to look out for in the next upcoming games because that'll be fun. Um, But also from us, make sure you keep an eye on our Instagram page because Alessia is going to be posting her take on the Montreal Canadiens situation. Yes. That's all we're giving you right now. A little little taste. A little sneak peek. But you have to go follow us on Instagram. It's at the underscore wraparound. (laughs) But um, I mean, I, I mean... There isn't much to say about the North Division compared to the other three leagues. I mean, it's been really fun uh, to watch these games because I think every team has like a certain way of playing and there's certain ways of, you know, there's certain style. And I think each team has at least really one amazing player that you're like, that's the one to watch. But I don't know. I mean... Like Alessia said, the Edmonton Oilers have been kind of on a decline a little bit recently. Winnipeg. They can make a push, though. Winnipeg right now? That'll be something to see. Oh, yeah. They definitely can. I mean, I think we always know that Winnipeg has been also a really great team that's always been under the radar, and a lot of people don't really pay too much attention to Winnipeg. But then, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about the Canadians because maybe Alessia has something on that. I mean, you can say it. I don't... (laughs) I mean... They're fourth. I mean, they started off the season. <laughs> they started off the season really well. And now and now they're here. And I hope that they can move up the ranks. But she says that she her fingers are crossed behind her back. She's like, I don't mean this <laughs> <No>. at all. <laughs> I mean it. I mean it. I really do. I just want everybody whose argument is that the North Division has bad teams on it. And that's the only reason why it looks the way it is to stop talking. Come on. Like, delete Twitter off your phone. It's a good league. I mean, a good division. They're, they've been, I mean, they've kind of been the odd one out in the league because they've kind of been on their, on their own, you know, doing their own thing, especially because they're far away from everybody. And they haven't had any postponements, have they? But even when, like, even if Ottawa is in seventh place, they've had some good games, surprisingly. Like they've they've taken it to like Toronto, Montreal. So I don't, don't know. Remind it's us. Just... I you. Hey, they beat they beat us too. So <laughs> we're equally in pain right now. But yes, that was our take on all the divisions. I mean, they're pretty you know small ones. Nothing too crazy. We don't want anyone you know yelling at us for whatever reason. It's just tight everywhere, and the games are just so important every week that you know there's only so much you can say or so much you can you know mention right now because we'll probably change in a few weeks and then when time comes for it to be the stanley cup playoffs they're probably going to be completely different or not what expect what we expected whatsoever but to end off this week's episode i'm going to ask grace and alessia another one of my questions and so this week i'm asking you who is your Vezina pick as of right now you know for the games played who is it come on Grace give me your pick Marc-Andre Fleury of course I knew it 
no um not not quite but also yes <laughs> and i can i can back that argument up yeah you I've, can actually I've, I've come with receipts okay <laughs> because he was expected to play backup this entire season yeah, i think um, we even said that yeah we said that and uh he hasn't been he's been starting and he's been winning uh, he's getting shutouts and he's doing really well and everybody was like he's just gonna sit on the bench the whole season and then get picked in the expansion draft to seattle and was like you know what yeah maybe he is but he should still win the vesna anyway that's all yeah i was debating between flurry and vasilevsky vasilevsky currently leads the league in terms of goalies and wins with 15 so i'm kind of surprised you didn't pick uh grubauer uh, i mean i don't like colorado that like too much where i'm gonna include them in every single thing but I mean, he's also a contender, too. He has 12 wins. He's in second, so. I mean, I think I think we always know that Vasilevsky is kind of always in the talk for yeah. the Vezina. Same with, with Marc-Andre Fleury. But I feel like Vasilevsky has kind of just always been there for the past couple of seasons. I think he's just always, I think he's always been consistent. He's just a great goaltender. But great picks i'm glad that you guys had two different picks for me this week for the first time i think ever in this season uh no like the first time in like three weeks oh my god yeah that doesn't really help your case (laughs) (laughs) yes great picks thanks for asking my or answering my question properly giving me one pick because that's all i asked of grace I actually kind of think we both gave you two picks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like this one. And, but like, I also like this other guy, but yes, thanks for joining us this week. Like Grace said, we're going to have a little special tidbit or segment of just Alessia giving her opinions on the Montreal Canadian situation. And that's all we're going to say right now. And it's her time to shine. So her time to shine. Alessia, you'll love this. Yes, 100%. Or if you love the Habs, you'll also love this. We're going to have to come up with a name for that. Habs Corner. Yeah, it's going to take me forever. Alessia's Habs Habitat. I love it. That's where we're naming that little little segment on Instagram. You can DM us on Instagram at the underscore wraparound or on Twitter at wraparoundthe. Don't ask why. The names are the way they are. I will not be taking questions at this time. Please get in touch with my publicist. (laughs) But yes, you could ask us questions. You can give us suggestions or just let us know that you like the episode. We appreciate any feedback and we love talking to you guys and we love to have some more interactions with you guys as well. Thanks for joining us. As per usual, we'll have another great episode for you next week and stay tuned because we'll have some exciting things probably within the next month. Thanks guys.